0: We can communicate with any spirit at any time that's connected to a body that isn't connected to a body. It doesn't matter. It's just all energy. And all we have to do is just ask them a question or make a statement. They're going to answer us, Sarah. It's going to come in as fast as you can snap your fingers. It's going to come in instantly. Mm -hmm. Once you start doing it with some regularity, the answers are going to come in mid-thought before you've even got the thought all the way thought out.
1: This is a soul fire production. Welcome back to another episode or if it's your first time here, thanks for joining the Uncensored Empath Podcast listening community. You're in for a treat today. My guest is Julie Ryan and in our conversation we're going to talk about some big things like death and dying and what happens as we transition towards end of life. I asked Julie some big, Hard questions like what are people's biggest regrets? And a conversation that I am so excited about is parenting a highly sensitive or empathic or just intuitive child. This is something that I've been navigating personally, and Julie helps shed light on this both how we can deepen the connection with our children and how to know when our babies are communicating with spirit and help nurture that connection, especially as they pass past the age seven. So this conversation is all things spirit. Julie is a psychic and medical intuitive who can sense what medical conditions and illnesses a person has and facilitates energetic healings. She can communicate with spirits both alive and past. She can also scan animals, access people's past lives and remove spirit from home and other buildings that are not wanted. She can also tell how close someone is to death and she writes about this in her book, Angelic Attendance, what really happens as we transition from this life into the next and she describes this series of events that involves angels, multitudes of deceased family and friends, the spirits of deceased pets, and countless other serendipitous and miraculous moments. So without further ado, here's Julie Ryan. Welcome to the show, Julie. I am so excited to finally have you on here. Oh, my delight. We've been trying to do this for months. I know. And I was just telling you beforehand that the conversation that we may have had previously when I was still pregnant is probably going to be different now that I have a daughter because I would love to talk about being the mother of an empath child and working with communication with our our children or or just children in general. And I'd love your take on how we can deepen that connection and accuracy as far as communicating with our children, especially when they are pre-verbal.
0: Great. I'm game for whatever you want to talk about, girl.
1: So how do we start to connect to our kids and realize even maybe when they are connecting to spirit and support that connection versus start to make them feel like it's weird or different?
0: Great question. I have written children's books that address that because over the years, I'm a, a medical intuitive and psychic, and I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo woo, Sarah, and I'm a buffet of psychicness. So once you tap into spirit, you can take it anywhere you want, mm-hmm. and I do it all. And I have so many moms over the years who've said to me, can you please write a book that I can use to explain to my small child how they can see spirit? And mommy and daddy can't see it, but they can, and they know information that there's no way they would know. Mm -hmm. And then I had mom say, can you please write a book that can help me teach my child about why he's able to know information about past lives that can be corroborated with historic documents and this child can't read yet. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, how do we explain when a loved one passes? Because we're at the funeral home and we're at the visitation hours and we're telling little Susie, grandma's in heaven. And Susie is saying, no, she's not. She's asleep in that box up there. Right. the casket. And so that's what angel messages for kids and angel messages for dogs and angel messages for cats is coming out at the end of this year, 2021. Mm-hmm. It's a picture book. they are picture books that will explain how we're a spirit attached to a body. And we have the ability to communicate with spirit, even if grown ups can't see them or hear them, mm-hmm. we can. It's a way for parents to validate what the child is experiencing, number one. It's also a way for parents to foster that intuitive ability instead of shutting it down. Because most children at the age of about seven or so, Sarah, they're shutting it down because the adults in their world or other children making fun of them are saying, oh, you're just imagining that. That's just pretend that's not real. And When we foster that with our children, it gives them an extra set of skills to help them navigate their life and help them live a life of joy.
1: I think about my own childhood and I have some blips, some memories of... Feeling very connected to spirit, specifically like fairy energy, or at least that's the way it came through for me. And then that's something I don't remember the point where I decided to just like not do that anymore, but it certainly went away. And my mom recently told me a story. So both my brothers have passed, younger brothers. And my mom recently told me a story of my brother Jordan. I think he was in around third grade. And he would tell her pretty consistently that he would experience deja vu and he would dream something and the next day it would happen. And so I'm just thinking about these instances where maybe we are, well, I think we are connected to spirit, but then there is this stigma or this Desire as a little child to try and fit in with everybody. And so I can see how it would also be easily shut down. And I think about myself as a mother now and how I can mother differently and support my daughter Emerson in her intuitive abilities. I briefly told this story on a different show where when she was maybe like two months old, she started, I would hold her in my lap and she would constantly just turn her head up at this picture of my brother Jordan on the wall. And she would just like gaze at him. And I believe that she's already deeply intuitive and I want to be able to support her. And I know there's other mothers listening who want to be able to support their kids in that connection. So what are some tangible things or even just communication or conversations we can have with our children to support that? A couple of points here
0: on what you just talked about. One of my favorite quotes about fairies Mm -hmm. is an archeologist was in Ireland. I think Ireland is known as a magical place with fairies. Mm -hmm. And he was in Ireland and he was talking to a woman, just random woman on the street. And he was asking people, do you believe in fairies? And this woman said, no, sir, I do not. And they're everywhere. (laughs) It's so ingrained in the culture in Ireland that it's just a given. One of the gals who graduated, one of my graduates from my angelic attendant training class, I teach people from all over the world how to do woo-woo like I learned how to do. She's Irish born and raised in Ireland. And she's the queen of the fairies. I mean, she's seen them her whole life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She still talks to them mm-hmm. and it's just magical, magically delicious, like Lucky Charms cereal.
1: <laughs> I love that. You know, that ad. Interesting. I even have Irish roots. I mean, I, I've been yeah. to Ireland once, but don't have any family there anymore, but that just rings true for me as well. Right. The other
0: thing is on the point about how do we validate our children one of my favorite stories is one of my dear friends her grandson at the age of 3 he was in a lake with his mom they were just he was swimming around and stuff and she was holding him and he said mom you're my favorite of all my mommies and she said, well, honey, I'm your only mommy. And he said, no, mom, you're my favorite of all my mommies. Mm -hmm. And she said again, no, honey, I'm your only mommy. And he said, mom, here's how it works. I'm Mm -hmm. paraphrasing. Babies are born, they grow up, they die, and then they're born to a different mommy and daddy. And it happens over and over and over again. And you're my favorite of all my mommies. And I think the key is, is to say, well, honey, thank you, and to talk with them mm-hmm. about it. Well, what are you seeing? How does that look to you? All of that. Spirits attached to the mom's energy field before they're conceived, sometimes years in advance. Mm-hmm. And they look like little orbs to me, Sarah, the kind of orbs that you'd see in a photograph, perhaps with family members. Mm-hmm. And it used to be that we'd say, well, I think most people still do say, oh, the light must have been wacky, or there must have been a speck of dust that was picked up or something along those lines. No, it's that our digital cameras take the picture so fast enough that they capture the energy. Mm. And baby spirits attached to the mom's energy field, and I see them above the mom's shoulder. So the whole concept of we choose when we're born, where we're born, to whom we're born and the circumstances into which we're born so that our lives can have a basic trajectory of what it is our spirit wants to explore. I see that happen all the time. And the way that we can foster it is just talk to them about it. Just say, okay, my son, when he was little, he was a toddler and He would look up in the corner and he'd say, mommy, what's that red ball? Well, it was a red ball of energy. I hadn't learned how to do woo-woo yet, but intuitively I knew enough to say, well, honey, that's just energy that you're seeing. Interestingly enough too, when we talk about the opposite end of life, We've got the birth thing, but then we've got when we have elderly relatives. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, people, you'll hear people whose grandmother perhaps has Alzheimer's or has dementia. And the experts say when they're talking about something that they're hallucinating, or we think they're hallucinating, or it's something that's not real, talk to them about it. Don't say, oh, no, that's not really happening. Say, well, tell me about that purple people eater that's in the corner of the room that you see that's hairy and that's six feet tall and continue the conversation. And then there are lots of schools of thought that when people get elderly and they have dementia, it's like they revert back to their childhood. So like we talk to people perhaps who have dementia issues, we do the same. It's the same thing. We're talking to their spirit. We're acknowledging what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And then- For children, especially, it helps them develop their senses.
1: I think about leading with curiosity. And being a coach, that's something that's already really ingrained with me, with my clients, is just to get really curious. And I'm feeling inspired now just to bring that curiosity into motherhood and with my daughter as well. If she, She's obviously pre-verbal. She's only five months old. But once she starts to talk, to just ask her questions and come from a place of curiosity about how she experiences the world, versus how I experienced the world as an adult. And this has me thinking about some of the losses, pregnancy losses that I've had in the past and spirit babies. And you mentioned the orbs. And I, I just wonder, because when I had my first miscarriage, it was shocking to me that one in three women also experienced this. And so I'm sure there's people listening who've also experienced loss and can we still connect to those spirit babies? And what is your belief or way of thought around them reincarnating? So maybe they came in, that pregnancy didn't come to term. Does that energy, can that energy circle back to you? Yes, yes,
0: and yes. We can communicate with any spirit At any time that's connected to a body that isn't connected to a body, it doesn't matter. It's just all energy. And all we have to do is just ask them a question or make a statement. They're going to answer us, Sarah. It's going to come in as fast as you can snap your fingers. It's going to come in instantly. Mm -hmm. Once you start doing it with some regularity, the answers are going to come in mid-thought before you've even got the thought all the way thought out, they're going to answer you.
1: Do you think that's why some people second guess or actually doubt themselves because it comes in so fast? Yeah. I think fundamentally we're all
0: brought up that, yeah, spirit, yeah, it's kind of out there maybe, yeah, but I don't know that I really believe that I can access it. So it comes from a place of fear of I don't know that I really can communicate with spirit cuz I haven't been trained. I don't we're doing it all day long every day. Everybody does. We're just not cognizant of the fact that we're communicating with spirit. You get led in your life. All day long, you have a thought, maybe I'll check this website out. Maybe I'll go get a glass of water. Maybe I'll, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're led. And so we're creating, but we're not consciously creating. When we consciously create, we ask spirit or we ask for guidance. Spirit to me is, I'm going to get real woo-woo here on you for a second, is the collective consciousness. It's all spirit energy. It's all one big soup. It's like if you and I were a drop of water and we were poured into the Pacific Ocean, we become one with the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, And that's what spirit is. So it's all of our deceased loved ones, anybody who's deceased, anybody who's alive, God, the universe, the spirit guides, the angels, the whole group, People have been able to communicate telepathically across vast distances since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Certainly the Aboriginal people in Australia, there are lots of Indigenous people in the Amazon and other places throughout the world, throughout history that could communicate telepathically. And as we've become more well-educated, we've tamp down that ability because we've become more proof-based. So to communicate with your babies that were miscarried, absolutely. Those babies' spirits are around you all the time. Furthermore, when I work with people who have a loved one who's dying, there's this sequence of events that everybody experiences when we're transitioning. And I call it the 12 phases of transition. Whether somebody dies instantly, like in a case of a homicide or suicide, or whether their death is prolonged over days, weeks, months, that's what my book, Angelic Attendance, is about. Mm -hmm. And when we are in spirit form, What happens is we can communicate with anybody, whether you knew them or not, whether they're attached to a body or not, it doesn't matter. You just think of them. Our heads are big satellite dishes, Sarah. They receive and they transmit frequencies. Every spirit has a frequency that they keep throughout all of their lifetimes. Every thought has its own frequency as well. So you just think of that person, whether you knew them or not, your satellite dish head is immediately connected. To their frequency you're on the channel then like if i want to communicate with you telepathically i'm going to think of you and i'm going to be on the sarah channel so you want to think about your miscarried baby that you had whether you name that child or not doesn't matter you can communicate with them but back to the 12 phases of transition the interesting thing that i see in my mind's eye when i'm working with somebody who's dying is oftentimes there will be family members spirits who will be holding brand new babies, Mm. infants. And those normally are babies that had been miscarried. I saw that with my own mother. When my mother was dying, my grandmother's spirit, and the maternal spirit runs the show in the spirit world when somebody's transitioning, by the way, closest maternal spirit who's already died. My grandmother had died six months prior to my mom. And she was holding an infant, like a brand new baby. Mm-hmm. And I said, Who is this? And I asked my dad, I said, Did she have a miscarriage? And he said, Yeah, she did. That was the first time I'd heard it. She was in her late 70s when she was dying. But my emma was there holding that miscarried baby spirit. When I'm at somebody's funeral, oftentimes if there's a casket, I'll see the person's spirit over the casket and the unborn baby spirits will be surrounding them like cherubs. It's really sweet. Yeah. I, get that, to see that.
1: I have like all the little tingles in my heart because I think that's really beautiful and really special, especially after a loss. And it reminds me of, I feel like the science is catching up in some ways. Absolutely. Really recent research that was published or I read around fetal cells being present in mothers, regardless of whether you birth that baby, whether it was a stillbirth, a miscarry abortion, regardless, there can be fetal cells present in the mom, especially in her heart, like 40 years later, I think of how that could absolutely affect our health and our connection to that spirit. And even our DNA, arguably just fascinating. And I know- By the way, those sparkles or those
0: tingles that you feel Mm -hmm. when you hear something, that spirit telling you you're resonating with that validation. Mm -hmm. That is validation that what you're hearing is real and is true.
1: Yeah. Well, part of my question was because my belief or own intuition is such that the loss I had that baby came back to me. It feels like the same energy. And at the same time, it doesn't feel like the only baby for me. I felt my daughter for a while before she came earthside. And I feel a boy energy that wants to come through like yesterday, (laughs) like wants to come through really soon. And maybe is just waiting for me to be a little bit more ready and get a little bit more sleep. (laughs) And then I almost feel like a third, but the third is sort of like, how do I say this? Like, if I choose, or it could go either way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And here's some validation
0: for you we can see each other on camera, even though this is just a, an audio right. part that people are going to be listening to. You have two babies' energies attached to your energy field, hmm. they're over your right shoulder, they're not twins. One's in back of the other, out a little ways. And so there's some validation for you. Absolutely. Those baby spirits may or may not incarnate. And when we go through a miscarriage, and I believe that we all have miscarriages, whether we're aware of them or not. I think a lot of miscarriages happen and we just don't even know it because it just comes out in a period. Mm -hmm. But the thing about the miscarried babies is... That's what their spirit wanted to explore. They wanted to be conceived, and they wanted to not incarnate. They wanted to explore what was it like to be a miscarried baby. So back to your question about past lives. Perhaps they have had past lives in which, I think it's feasible it's probably highly likely mm-hmm. that they were a mom that had a miscarriage. They were a dad. They were mm-hmm. a sibling of. they were the doctor treating the patient. they were, And then we come in and we'll look at a similar script through a different perspective, different time, different gender, different set of circumstances. I talk in analogies a lot, Sarah, because it gives our human minds a frame of reference for all this woo-woo stuff that we talk about. And my favorite analogy for past lives is think of Hamlet, the play Hamlet. How many times has Hamlet been performed since Shakespeare wrote it? Who knows? How many languages? what was the time period? What was happening in the world? Where was it located? Who were the actors? Who were the director, producer, costumer, all of that? Same script, different perspective each time. And that's what I see with people doing past life stuff is so much fun because we often get information that can be corroborated with historical documents. Mm -hmm. And the past life thing about babies reincarnating, yes, can they reincarnate to the same people in the same lifetime? Absolutely. Can they reincarnate elsewhere? Yes. People will say to me, well, it hasn't been enough time. I mean, I just lost them and then they're reincarnating again or or it overlaps. Well, that's us trying to fit something that we don't quite understand yeah. into a frame of reference in our human reality that doesn't compute because time doesn't exist in the spirit world. Time is a human creation. Yeah. So. Is it feasible that that baby can reincarnate in another body later? Yes. Do I see it often? No, I don't. Because that connection, that time between the mom and the baby is what they wanted to explore this lifetime.
1: Yeah. That's really resonating. And thank you so much for that validation as well. I got that like Ugh, just a warm feeling in my chest. When you talked about seeing those two orbs or spirit babies too, I feel them really deeply. And it's always nice to have that extra validation. May I say one other thing about the spirit babies? Yeah, of I'm thinking about it. Spirit babies
0: attach to the mom's energy field with babies that the mother births and also with adopted babies. The adopted baby spirits attached to the mother's energy, not only that births them, the birth mother, but also the mother that's going to raise them. Mm. And the first time I saw that, I was at a party several years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And this friend of mine introduced me to a friend of hers who wasn't feeling well and she asked me to scan her medically. Fine, fine, fine. And this woman looked like yo, she was thin and she didn't look pregnant, but I saw two babies energies like ready to be born on either side of her shoulders one above each shoulder. So I asked her, I said, are you pregnant with twins? Are you pregnant by any chance? And she burst into tears, Sarah. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've offended this woman. And she said, no, 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 no. She said, this was a Saturday night at this party. She said, we're flying to Guatemala on Thursday because our babies that we're adopting are going to be born by C-section on Friday. I was seeing those adopted babies energies. That was the first time I saw that I've seen it many times since. So I think it's really important for moms to remember that, number one. And number two, it means so much to moms with adopted babies and also to those babies when they grow up that those babies chose those adopted mothers. One more point. When somebody is dying and the person who's dying has been adopted, it's the woman who raised them, the adopted mother. The birth mother's spirit's there, but it's the adopted mother's spirit that's going to be running the show from the spirit world.
1: You know, I just had this thought around maternal energy being the energy that's present during that transition from life to death because. I mean, this is obvious, but I thought about it more when I was pregnant, that my daughter's ovaries and eggs were developing inside of me, right? So, like, if she chooses to have children, bring children Earthside in the future, like, that first form of life, it already exists. Like it was already created in my body. And that just like sort of blows my mind. (laughs) And also makes a lot of sense why there's generational things that are passed down through lineage too.
0: Well, and I've even read, and when you think about this, your eggs were developing in your grandmother's body. Right. Because the egg that became you was developing in your mom's body when your mom was in utero in your grandmother's body.
1: Yeah. And I have an yeah. interesting relationship I guess to my grand maternal grandmother's death. She died on my birthday, which was my like golden birthday. I turned 30 on the on November 30th and she passed away that day and I felt her like it just washed all over me. I could see it. I like transported to the hospital room temporarily, like for a moment, and felt it. My mom was in the room with her, but they were in a completely different state than I was. And it was just a really intense experience for me. And that was five years ago now. And that was also the beginning of my spiritual development and spiritual path. And now I think it makes a lot more sense why I would feel so connected because part of me was technically in you know my grandmother's body yeah so interesting
0: and I think it's interesting too along that point that the maternal spirit's the one that runs things from the spirit world when somebody's dying they call in the angels they call in the other deceased. Loved ones' spirits, they call in the spirits of deceased pets. And I can see in my mind's eye all these people and describe them to the family members. You know, Grandma Ann has a white, she has white hair and her hair's in a bun in the back of her head and she's wearing a sweater with pearl buttons. And they'll say, Yeah, that's Grandma Ann. Yeah. (laughs) I, I describe, and then the spirit will tell me who they are. The other thing that's interesting about that is most of us say, Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm ready to go when heaven's ready for me or when God tells me. We decide that our spirit decides. Like God didn't care. There's no time in the spirit world, so God's like, whatever. When are you when you're ready, come on. Mm-hmm. And I just find it so interesting that it's the maternal spirit, and that 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 has been the case throughout many cultures mm-hmm. since the beginning of time in the Jewish culture the child is not a Jew unless the mom's a Jew you know that kind of thing and it's always the maternal lineage on that so i'm here to tell everybody that we think we're done when our kids are raised we're not we're helping them from the grave when that happens
1: Hello podcast fan, just popping in for a second because in this postpartum period, I have a whole newfound respect for how much you need to supplement and hydrate and give your body the nutrients that it needs in order to be breastfeeding. So one thing that has been supporting me so much is having my container of electrolytes next to me pretty much all day long. I, as you guys have heard me talk about before, I'm a huge fan of Element Electrolytes. They are salty and delicious, and there are some amazing flavors. My current favorite is their new flavor, Watermelon, but I also love the raspberry, the citrus, the orange. They're all really good. And electrolytes are charged minerals that conduct electricity to power our nervous system, and mine has felt a little bit fried lately because we are not sleeping through the night. We are getting max about three hours of sleep at any given time. So regulating my hydration as well as my husband's and balancing fluids inside and outside of my cells has been so supportive, literally feels life-saving. And as a Uncensored Empath podcast listener, you get to try these amazing electrolytes for free. You just pay $5 in shipping. You get a free sample pack. Simply go to drinklmnt.com backslash empath to try it out. Again, that's drinklmnt.com. T. com backslash empath. And I'd love for you to let me know what your favorite flavor is and tag me over on Instagram. What if the child precedes mother's death? So like my brothers preceded both my parents, my parents are still alive, but my brothers have passed.
0: It's the closest maternal spirit who's deceased. So your mom was still alive. If your grandmother was still alive, it would be her grandmother. It's always on the maternal line.
1: Okay. My brother, Jordan, my grandmother was still alive, but my great-grandmother would have been the closest. Would have been your
0: maternal, her maternal grandmother Got it. would have okay. been the one. Yeah. And it's always when- on the maternal line. And the paternal spirit is there, but it's always on the maternal line. So if your maternal grandfather was still alive, then it would be your mother's maternal grandfather. Mm-hmm. It's always on the maternal line.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, uh, it's like you kind of need to pull out your family tree to like track right. back a little bit, but it does make sense. And for my brother, Joe, it would have been different because then by the time he passed, there was several years difference between their passing and my grandmother passed in the middle of that. So she would have been there for my brothers. And I very much agree with you in that we choose when we enter and we choose when we exit this life. And intuition has shown me that specifically with my brother, Joe. So my brother, Jordan, I guess more obviously chose his end because he committed suicide. But with Joe, it was an overdose. And he had actually like coded numerous times before this time where he didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And I have this pretty clear visual in my mind of Jordan coming to like meet Joe in that moment and being like, what do you want to do, bro? Like, what are we going to do here? And Joe being like, I'm not going back this time. Like I I don't want to go back. And as heartbreaking that as that is for myself and my family members and everyone who loved Joe, I do feel like he was That was his chosen point of transition. What is your take on, especially in relation to entering and exit at these kind of chosen points on near-death experiences or like in my brother's case, coding, you know, needing CPR and coming back? I've heard people say things like we return as a different soul or that there's like something to be learned in that moment that then changes the trajectory from there forward. And I'd love your take on what the interpretation or deeper meaning behind some of those might be. I believe it's the latter. It's that we, that spirit wants to explore that and they do.
0: And then they're shown that there's more than what they may have thought in the afterlife. Because some people believe there isn't anything that goes on. You just die and that's it. That's the end of the story but it's not, it's a transition. And so people who've had afterlife or near-death experiences, NDEs, they almost always are transformed. And the interesting thing about that is the similarities, regardless of culture, socioeconomic status, level of education, all of that. It doesn't matter. They all talk about the same thing. And I talk about that too, with the 12 phases of transition as the spirit separates from the body, the spirit hangs onto the top of the head in a bubble configuration, which I call the spirit bubble. It looks like a bubble that you'd see in a cartoon caption Mm -hmm. where the character's thoughts are or what they're saying. And people talk about going through a tunnel where there's a vortex that forms above the person's head and it creates a An upward pull, a vacuum, if you will, which in researching this for my book, I found there's this real thing called the wingtip vortex Mm. that everything that flies experiences, a jet, a bug, a plane, a kite whatever, it, there are these vortexes that form and it causes upward lift. The thing that I find so interesting about the 12 phases of transition, as I perceive them, is there's an angel on either side of the spirit bubble. The angel's wings move in a slow rhythmic motion over time that creates this vortex. And so it's an upward lift. So the, the thing about the near-death experiences, here's my take on it. Who knows if I'm right? This is just what I've gotten over working with spirit for a long time and with mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of people is that that's what that spirit kind of wanted a sneak preview to make them be more comfortable in the human experience, knowing that, all right, there's more to the story here. I'm not alone. I am loved even in my human state that I don't feel very loved in. And it's kind of like a coming attraction. Here's a sneak preview. They've got that. And then they come back and then oftentimes they live their life differently.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And there was a recent Netflix documentary or like series that came out, I think it was last year on death and dying, I blanking on the name of it, but they talked a little bit about NDEs as well. And how transformative that can be for people and insights that they receive in that time. You also mentioned that, so there's these 12 phases and that they can happen kind of instantaneously, which I would assume was probably the case in both my brother's death because they were both very sudden deaths versus someone who maybe is in hospice and those, those phases maybe are longer. And I read something where you wrote about how you can tell how close someone is to dying and I find that fascinating and I I'd love to know like what do you do with that information when you receive it or what information more specifically comes through for you to then have the awareness of like where they are in that transition does that make sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yes first of all that that documentary is terrific the one on Netflix about dying and, and I forget what it's called too but yeah. if you just Google it. It'll come up. And there's a segment with a hospice director named Chris Kerr. Oh, he's been a- on
1: the show. He's one of my yeah. favorite guests. I love I love my interview with him.
0: Yeah. And he wrote his his book is called Death is But a Dream. And he did his university based research that validates everything I talk about in angelic attendance. And I tease him. Mm -hmm. He's become a friend. And I tease him and I say, you know, my book's the yin to his books, Yang. I'm the spirit side. His book corroborates with university-based research, everything that I show. Mm-hmm. in my book. And we're saying the same thing, just from a different perspective. Yeah. That's the really thing cool. about the the 12 phases of transition, when it gets really helpful. And by the way, there are illustrations of this on my website, JulieRyan.com. Cool. So anybody can go look at them. How you tell what phase somebody's in, I can see it in my mind's eye. I raise my vibrational level. I connect with the spirit who's dying, the person who's dying spirit. And then I can see what phase they're in. But all you have to do is just ask. If you go to the website and see the illustrations, you say, what phase is my grandma in? You'll get phase seven, phase six, whatever. How It's Helpful just happened last week. It'll be a week ago tomorrow. My former mother-in-law passed at the age of 96 in Los Angeles. My son lives there. He was very, very, very close to her. He was traveling on business. He was in Boston, flew out Thursday night. Grammy, as we called her, came home from the hospital, wanted to do hospice, and because she had some medical stuff going on. And my son, Jonathan,'s on the phone with me going, Mom, what do I do? And he said, I want to fly back. Well, he had to, for work, really needed to be there on Sunday. And his management was very supportive. So he flew back from Boston to LA, took the first flight out in the morning, was with Grammy when she came home from the hospital, got to spend six hours with her took a red eye back to Boston and he said, should I leave or should I stay? And when he was deciding whether or not to come back, I said, honey, there's a really good chance that she may not be coherent when you come back. So he got to spend all those hours with her. And he said to me when he was flying back to Boston on the red eye, he said, it's okay if she passes because I got to say my goodbyes and she got to say her goodbyes. Her best friend, Since they were fourteen, came to say goodbye to her. They're both ninety-six. They went through junior high, high school, college, graduate school together. They raised their children together. Her name's Ernie, and Ernie came in and she said, "Okay, Joni, I'll see you on the other side." And Jonathan said, "There were no tears. It was just very matter of fact." I mean, they knew they'd be together. So when he was back in Boston, I was able to tune into Grammy, communicate with her telepathically, and also see what phase she was in. And when we're paying attention to how quickly somebody advances through the different phases, Sarah, we know that the end is imminent. Guess what? I could see that Grammy was in phase 11 12 you're being escorted to heaven by angels. Grammy was in phase 11 as Jonathan was flying back Sunday night. She waited for him to get back, which is very common, but the other thing that's so cool about these 12 phases is the nuances that happen. Couple of quick ones if we have time. Her sister had been murdered in the late 90s and they were very close. It was just the two of them and she didn't get to say goodbye. So, her mother, her parents were, you know, at her feet anchoring this line of angels. And then all these other deceased loved one spirits are behind them. Well, her sister, Jean, went through the line of angels and went up to Joan, my mother in law's side, and was holding her hand, was saying, Joni, I'm here. You know, we're all waiting for you. It's going to be fabulous. You know, you just do what you need to do and take your time and whatever. So she goes back in line, and Joan couldn't see her because of the way her parents and spirits and the angels were positioned. So she had them move so she could have a direct line of sight to her sister. That was nuance number one. Nuance number two, I was telling Jonathan about this, and he said, Well, so did they just push the angels out of the way? I said, No, they're. Spirits. They walked through the angels. It's all holographic. Yeah, He said, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> there were lots and lots of family and friends that were there that I knew because I was married to his dad for 10 years. Yeah. So I recognized a lot of the spirits and I could tell them, which comforted the family. And then at the end, when her spirit separated from her body, she had a pool and she swam every day. When her spirit separated Sarah, she made this big kind of like a breaststroke, like somebody that's swimming in a swim meet will dive into the the water and then they make a best breaststroke right. to come up out of the water. She did that. And then she just glided to heaven with an angelic escort on either side of her. I mean, it was amazing. Being able to tell people those kinds of specific nuances gives the family comfort, number one. Number two, it helps them develop their own spiritual path with this. And the other thing is the chart, oftentimes family will print off the chart of the 12 phases of transition and they'll just pass it among family members. All you have to do is look at it and you have instant comfort knowing, okay, grandma's surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones and the spirits of deceased pets oftentimes When somebody's got farm animal spirits in the room, I'll say, was grandma, did she grow up on a farm or she Mm -hmm. live on a farm? And I'll describe what the cows and the horses and the pigs and all that look like. And they'll oftentimes have a, a name for, oh yeah, that was Bessie, her cow as a child. It adds a glorious component to what is normally a heart-wrenching situation. And whenever we're going through the loss of someone we love, not only is that awful for us to go through in most instances, but it makes us face our own mortality knowing we're going to be there one day and what the heck's going to happen? Are we going to fly or are we going to fry?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would love to start to wrap this conversation with a question that I am also curious about and has really come to the surface for me in facing my own mortality and the loss of my grandmother and my brother's babies. Do you see any universal themes or commonalities amongst people who are going through transition and through the phases that are their biggest regret or the thing that they want to share before they transition? Usually
0: people just want their family around them. Material things don't matter. They'll want their family around them. And I got stories till the end of time about families with whom I've worked that are so much Fun that afterwards, people that Bailey is going, There's no way, you know, that this information is valid. And there's no way that she could have known that because I don't right. know the family history in a lot of instances. But it's all about the people, it's about what people say to their loved ones, if they can still communicate. If they can't, they'll telepathically communicate it to me so I can relay it to them. Mm -hmm. I think it's a matter of when we have access to the 12 phases of transition, family has the opportunity to make decisions in, do I take time off work? Do I fly across the country? Do I go from Boston like my son did? Do I go from Boston and I'm on the ground for 12 hours so I can say goodbye to my grandmother and be with her before she passes? And we have the ability to make those kinds of choices, which not only comforts the person who's dying, but ends up being a part of us and comforting to us as we live throughout the rest of our lives. So I think it's important to just know that it's, it's just all about the human and the spirit connections in the end.
1: That's a really good reminder as we can tend to get caught up in our everyday, busy, maybe slightly stressful lives that when it comes down to that last moment, those last days, that connection is what we truly savor and what we truly desire and I, I, is a basic human need as well before we even reach that point. So oh, thank you. Thank you. I, we could go on for hours, I'm sure. Uh, and I just want to say how much I appreciate everything you've shared today, Julie. And that feeling in my heart has come up several times where it's just this validation, the sense of peace. Uh, and I think it's really beautiful, the peace that you can bring to families who are experiencing the, the transition of a loved one and some validation as well as they make decisions like you were talking about. So thank you so much. And I'd love for you to let our community know. I know you have a, a, a gift for them, those who are still listening here at the end, just how to get to know you, where they can find your books, et cetera.
0: Yes. Everything said askJulieRyan.com. ryancom You link to my books, link to make an appointment. Like I said, I'm a buffet of psychicness. So whatever you want to talk about, if you want me to scan you medically do an energetic healing, do past lives, we can do it all everything we can cram into an hour. It's a blast. We have so much fun. And links to my show, which is Thursday nights Call-in Show. People call in from all over the world and that's fun too and and I Answer their questions. Spirit and I answer their questions. The free gift is for any of your listeners, as a thank you for listening today, is if you'd like a copy of my book, Angelic Attendance What Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next, or a copy of my children's books, Angel Messages for Kids and Angel Messages for Dogs, just go to AskJulieRyan.com, click on the Ask Julie tab, and just say, Hey, I heard you on Sarah's show. I'd love a copy of your books. And we'll send you a free digital digital and audiobook link so you can download them and I hope you enjoy them and, and use the children's books with your little kids that's that was how our conversation started and it not only will teach them and the pictures are beautiful the illustrations are gorgeous I think they have maybe 20 sentences short sentences in them they're children's picture books but it fosters the conversation it's a good jump start
1: Yeah, that can be so helpful. Thank you again so much for just everything you've shared with this community and your time today. Sending you so much love. Thank you. Sending you love back from Sweet Home, Alabama. thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the uncensored empath podcast. I would so appreciate if you could take a couple minutes to rate review and subscribe. And if you've loved this episode, please share it on social media, tag me, let your friends know about it. And I will see you on the next episode.